Disco Live. We talk jazz, utes, cougars, and Aggies, even on the weekend. The weekend. You're locked on to the Saturday show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network on a beautiful BEA Utah full day out here on the Wasatch Front. For the first of I tr- February. I was trying to mix a little oh, of uh, of uh, Bruce Almighty with yeah. uh, the word Utah. So <laughs> Beautiful B-E-A-Utah-ful. day. BEA Utah full. But it is about 50 degrees out there and yep. uh, makes me want to go. You know, I've got we've got golf on in here, Jake. Um, Aside from Eric's objections, who tried to make us change our channel in here, even though he's got a TV in there. Okay, Eric, I know you're a you're an NFL junkie. I had no idea you were a college hoops fanatic as well. Uh, yeah, I like. I, I don't. I don't know why. Like, I I agree. We were talking in a break, and I. I don't know, uh, but it's not as good as the NBA. Well, I just I, I, I just, can admit that. But, I just re- I like I really enjoy. Like I'm a huge. I don't know why I. Maybe it's because my grandparents live like kind of close to it back east. Uh-huh. I'm a huge Villanova fan. I watch okay. a ton of like right. Big East basketball for some reason. Okay, so uh, okay. yeah, so right. yeah, I, I like right. college hoops. Fair yeah, enough. well, <laughs> I just he tried to get us to turn off golf in here, and you did for half a second. Well, I was like, what's I on mean, ESPN? I, it I, was a successful sabotage. It was. It was indeed. Texas Tech versus Kansas. Yeah, it's a good matchup <laughs> in college hoops. But any more college hoops to me, it's the the product is just not as good as it once it was. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it it only really gets exciting once you hit like mid February. But yeah, I, I I think it's way too long. I think the college hoops season is way too long. I think they should think about cutting it back to like twenty games. A lot of sports seasons are way too long. Yeah, they are. Absolutely. So we'll get into that some other day. But speaking of college sports, Jake mm-hmm. BYU athletic director, you were on hand for this. Yep. Um, maybe some takeaways that people should listen for before. Kind of what was the vibe of the 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 session, and then uh, we'll let you hear from Tom Homo. Yeah. Well, what was the vibe? Oh, sorry, the vibe. Okay, Tom Homo. Sorry, I sorry. didn't set you up for that very well. No, My so, bad. So the the thing with Tom Homo, he doesn't speak to the media very often. No, it's it's just it's hard to get a hold of him. It's it's how he's kind of operated in recent years with BYU, and he holds this annual media roundtable. Kind of as just like he gets a lot of requests all year long to speak to the media, and he does this is one time a year. The vibe around it, I thought it was actually pretty good this year. They announced the new deal with ESPN that goes through the 2026 season minutes before he sat down with the media. So one of the big talking points I felt like that would have come up probably right off the top of the the question list was answered when they released that information, but. I felt like it was a good conversation. Tom, I felt like, spoke pretty frankly about certain things that have been affecting BYU, including recruiting, uh, their ambitions of making it to a Power 5 conference, etc. So I will give him credit that he w- spoke pretty frankly about these things, knowing that this was stuff that was going to be out there in the media. This is not off-the-record stuff. This right. is on the record. There are cameras there rolling, recorders reco- rolling. So I do acknowledge the fact that he spoke, I thought, pretty frankly about certain topics, and let's let you hear a little bit from him. So here you go, BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo meeting with the media on Thursday. 
Okay, so thank you. It's good to be here. Nice to have you with us today and this kind of a tradition that we've started for a little bit and continue where I can just uh, try to answer the questions that you have and let's go to work. Big announcement today. Start there. Just uh, officially making it with the ESPN contract and the bull, bull tanks. Right. Thank you. Um, I feel really good about it. I've felt really good about it. We've been in discussions for a couple of years. And when I say that, it's not like they we spend hours a day on it. But um, we knew it was coming up, and we wanted to address it early, and we started early. Um, we've had and meetings at games where we just happened to be at, you know, with the, some of their principals. We've had a lot of things over the airway, I mean, over the uh, emails. We've had calls. And through that time, we were able to come to a really good um, agreement. And I like it. It's what we expected it to be. I think it's what they expected it to be. There wasn't a lot of wranglings, but came out where we feel we are able to progress these next number of years and do the things that we need to with ESPN on our, in, our, in our side. How does that impact independence? Well, you can't do it without it. Absolutely. There's no way. I, you know, and people say maybe you could have gone with, could you, could you, could you have gone with another uh, a broadcast company? Yeah, sure. I, I, people are able to do amazing things now in broadcast, but we wanted to do it with ESPN. ESPN was, you know, is uh, the sports leader. I have believed it years ago I believe it now and I think it's going to be you know going forward that it's going to be the same way was there any push on their part to put some of the games on ESPN plus or was that ever a topic no um, they obviously have this capacity to have a simulcast and I think that's important if you were to go onto the app right now and see the number of games that are on the app I'm talking basketball because it's basketball season you'd be amazed you I don't know if you do that but there's a lot of games in that on that app right now basketball they have other sports too but when it comes to football you get to see a lot of games our games will be um are not primarily on the app certainly we're talking about our home games this is an agreement that is byu home football games mm -hmm. and then you know, some of our fans get uh, frustrated sometimes and disappointed when we go on the road to play we use our uh, play under the contracts of the broadcast rights agreements that those schools have. If an opportunity to join a conference comes up, whether it be a P5 or another conference, does ESPN give you the opportunity to opt out of that current deal? Yes, exactly. How, how important was kind of the bowl game tie-in? Because you, you mentioned earlier this summer that that was sort of a holdup in there. So being able to kind of have that guarantee with ESPN for a couple of years and then the corresponding move at the end of yeah. this bowl, was the, that a big part of the negotiations? The bowl game tie-in, how important? It's essential. You have to be on the same broadcast, um, what would you say, format or same company. Um, Obviously, the ESPN events, which runs the Bulls, mm -hmm. um, they have some games that they own, where they own and operate that game. They have other games that they broadcast only, and that's a, there's a large number of those games. To be able to be with them uh, as a broadcast partner, be able to have that relationship and partnership, and then be able to talk to them about what those games might be is, is incredibly important. So... There was no way I would have done it differently, 
And I think one of the things that kind of caused a little bit of a delay was we wanted those two contracts to be signed simultaneously. We, we didn't want to sign one without working out the details of the other and vice versa. So that's the, you know, the bowl game. The bowl games were actually quite a bit more uh, complex than the rights agreement. What attracted you to the Independence Bowl? Uh, I, it's interesting that in the course of the last couple of years, we had a couple um, new bowl games. They were trying to start new bowl games, believe it or not, uh, that called us and wanted us to be like an anchor for them. And we would play, we would be one of the teams in for over the next six, six years. There were some intriguing and interesting thoughts, but I, I didn't think that would be in the best interest of BYU. So along those lines, some existing bowls called us to want to know what our interest might be in playing in their game. And at those times, I always said, we're with ESPN. You can talk to ESPN, and if that seems like it sounds good to them, then we'll talk. And that's kind of how it came down, and we spoke about that, ESPN and BYU. I talked about what maybe some of those games might be. Um, Missy Setters from the Independence Bowl called me one time and said, hey, what do you think about playing a couple games in the series? And I said, let's talk. We, we spoke some more. As you can read in the release today, um, we're going to play um, three games down there, possibly. Um, a max of three games. It could turn into two. We could have a release out of one of those. Um, it's an option that's in the contract. If the uh, Cheez-It Bowl in Arizona is available, that would mean that one of the teams from the affiliations or one of the conferences wouldn't be able to fulfill it. So it gives us some flexibility. I think that I feel good about being able to play down there three years, but we're thinking it would probably be two in the Independence Bowl and one in at least one in um Arizona, because another one in Arizona could potentially come from the um, an ESPN events bowl. So it's a, I think people get used to it and understand it as we talk about it in, in the next uh, couple years to come. When BYU has a football season like last year where there were so many injuries, do you have any second thoughts about the kind of scheduling you're trying to put together with the P5s? You, you, no, not really, because there's going to be a year where we don't have injuries and we're going to blast it out. And I'm going to be really glad that we had a schedule like that because we'll finish up really strong. And I, I don't do scheduling based on what could go wrong. I do scheduling based on what could go right. And that's where my vision is right now. How much say do you have or how much are you participating in hiring or firing assistant football coaches? I don't really have. I'm going to say, I'd say I'm a counselor. I think um, we're talking football right now. Kalani would come to me and say, um, what do you think about what's going on right here? I'm thinking this about a coach. And obviously it's happened through the years. And at that point in time, it's not right for me to say this is what you should do. Or it would be wrong for me to go to him in the first place and start the discussion. But we're close enough, Kalani and I, that we have discussions on a regular basis, formal and informal, meaning some schedule, some not, where we talk about the coaches, the players, the strategy, the trips, the schedule, every aspect of the program. And I feel that we're in a position where we can be honest and open with each other, and we are. So... 
Um, that's my responsibility to be honest when he asks me a square up question. Why did you uh, extend Kalani's contract when you did, and what was the kind of the thinking behind it? I, I think uh, my experience of being around him, being around the team, being around all aspects of the program and the organization, he's the right coach for the job. And so whether it was the week we did it or it could have been the week before or the month before or the week after or the month after, I don't think really that was that important. Certainly it could have been precisely the right day of the year or the right day of the contract, but I just feel that when it happened, ended up being good for our program. A lot of coaching contracts have rollover clauses in them. You start winning a certain amount of games, you get an extra year added on. Does Kalani's have a similar clause no. in it? When do you think you'll know about a 2020 bowl tie-in? Uh, I don't know. We're not, we won't know right away. I mean, because that's one of the years that is open. So we'll be able, because of our, um, I, I'm not going to, listen to this carefully I'm kind of like a commissioner as an independent guy a team in that the commissioners of the various conferences group of five and p5 they're working with the respective bowls throughout the courses that they're affiliated with in the conference throughout the course of the year they're trying to get it right they want to make sure the right teams from their conferences are in the best bowls that they're affiliated with same is true for me. Since I have, I don't have a menu of what to pick from the ESPN Bowl games, but I do have access to the principles to say what would work best for you and for me. So in that, in essence, I play that role of the commissioner in that conversation with ESPN. So I would say, depending on how we start out and how we play, like so, for example, last year um, when we started out. Um, with a couple big wins and getting moving up the ladder, we had some conversations about what if we keep playing this way. And so those conversations started in September. So I would imagine, depending on how we start this season, would depend on how those conversations would go. How, what's your analysis of the past football season and the inconsistency, the ability to close out Tennessee and USC in overtime, but the inability to beat Toledo, South Florida, and Hawaii when you had a fourth quarter lead? You know, I think you use the, the word that I would use, and that's inconsistent. And that's just something that we have to continually work on. I mean, from the time we got into the locker room after the game, on the plane, flying home, on the tarmac when we landed, to almost uh, daily or weekly, uh, Kalani has been working, using me as a resource, and many others to get better and iron out those inconsistencies. Um, uh, some people want to put the, a stake in the ground and say, this is one we have to fix right now. I'm not going to say those. I mean, I think if you guys, you guys are all broadcast journalists and you know what looks good and what doesn't, and those are the things that we're working on right now. Have you had any conversations with Boise State in light of the recent squabble they've got with the Mountain West? No. Anything at all? No. Well, as you put together future independent schedules, are you going to need to opt out of a Utah game to make everything fit and work? Um, I don't believe so, but we have that option. And I think I, I could, when this came out where Mark Harlan at Utah and I made an announcement that they were going to 
um, opt out of a two-game series with us for in a real good opportunity for them. It, off, it also opened the door for us to do the same if we needed to. Mark and I have a, an agreement, which I trust him with, and he trusts me, that if that were to happen, the scenario that you bring up where we might need to move something, I would just call him up and say, hey, Mark, what do you think about this? And we'd see what the response would be. And I, I, I feel good about calling him. I, um, I talked to him this morning on a matter that didn't have to do with football, but had to do with the best interests of Utah and BYU in moving forward. And I feel good about that. What's the word on the Notre Dame game that's still owed? It's, um, there's not many words. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I really can say that there's been discussions this past year during the football season. Um, and I, I'll, I'll, Duff will probably kick me in the shin for saying this, but... Um, but just to kind of keep it alive, because it is alive, I think people begin wondering if we have a contract with them. Or <laughs> with the Cal, they have a game with the Cal, they just contract yeah. them, people wonder. Um, but I, I think one of the things that we're looking at right now, realistically, because I think that as we move down the road and things change at time for time to time, we have a home, they owe us a home football game. Um, we've had a, a couple discussions about making that a neutral football game where now we would be the home game of that, um, but it would be a neutral game. And it's interesting that, you know, they're, they're intrigued by that, and, uh, but we can't really agree on where that <laughs> neutral game would be played. So the saga continues. Do the Raiders and Las Vegas people have interest in bringing you down? I think a lot of those teams, yeah. We, we, you know, we're playing a game in... Um, Arizona, I mean, not in Arizona, in Vegas against Arizona. So that's one of the beautiful things about being an independent is we can go play in those NFL stadiums and have. So um, I've met with the people in L.A. And I've met with the people in – I haven't met with the people, not the uh, Raiders, but the Las Vegas Visitors and Convention Bureau and the people that run um, that aspect of the games down there. And we don't have – a a contract, we don't have agreements, but they want to put teams in their stadiums. And so for us, we can do it. We have great flexibility with that, as well as other um, potential places. <laughs> Let's do it. Does that mean international? I, I did not. Let's stop. Next question. <laughs> not, not just on locations, but on dates. You and Notre Dame are both free on conference title weekend. Have you thought about short international trips? Um, no, no. I, I, I don't want to be uh, coy about this. Our, our conversations with Notre Dame are pretty straightforward. Game, place, year. Yes, no, no. <laughs> and we, we had a yes in there. So um, we are contracted with them, and we're going to try to work it out. And, and someday, you know, I'll, I might you know, stand on the table and make the announcement. There you go. Tom Homo, BYU Athletic Director. And it is interesting, the whole situation around BYU and that Notre Dame game. And uh, it's made some of the rounds on the Internet, some Notre Dame fan sites saying that, Notre Dame doesn't actually owe BYU a home game. Well, the contract says they do. It was a two for one. It was, yeah. They played one game in Provo, one game in South Bend. Actually, two games in South Bend. They owed the return game in Provo. Here's the thing: if they're not willing to do it, 
go to Las Vegas and play it. Go yeah. to the new Allegiant Stadium down there and say, you know what, Notre Dame? We'll travel a butt ton of fans down there. So will you. Let's go fill that place out and have a great game down there. And BYU will be the designated home team for that game. Make it happen. I, I get that Notre Dame is a little tied up scheduling-wise, but it sounds like at least the positive part is Notre Dame is willing to work with them. Yeah, it doesn't sound like they're willing to work with them in the sense of coming to Provo. No. I believe that ship has probably sailed. But I think you make a good point. Put it in Vegas. Say, fine, this will do. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, you don't get it at Lavelle Edwards, but. BYU travels huge numbers. Yeah, to it's Las all Vegas. about the TV. It's all about, you know, if you're, going, if you're playing Notre Dame, you're on NBC. So There are thousands of members of the yeah. church and thousands of BYU alums in the greater Las Vegas area. Yeah. It'll pull from Southern California, it'll pull from Arizona, and, of course, it'll pull from Utah. It'd be a great place. If you can't get that game in Provo, yep. get it to Las Vegas. Yeah, so a lot of great stuff there out of Tom. You can catch that entire thing on 1280thezone.com. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure you got a long drive ahead of you because it goes it's, on for a while. If you've got a nice commute, yeah, you could finish it in one commute, but there's a lot of stuff on that. And just a plug for my podcast, Locked on Cougars, that stuff from Tom Homo is going to power our podcast for the next few weeks. There's going to be plenty to dissect from that. Yeah, media center. yeah media. so make sure you check that out, Locked on Cougars. With Jake. All right, uh, coming up on the other side, let's get into some football. The Super Bowl is tomorrow as we wrap up the uh, 2019-2020 NFL football season and uh, should be a good one. Jake and I and Eric will get into it next here on the Saturday Show. Whether you're stuck at the mall, in the yard, or making a quick trip to the home improvement store, We've got your back. It's gonna be May. This is the Saturday Show with Adrian Lizer and Jake Hatch on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to Saturday Show here on the Zone Sports Network. Sorry, I didn't get I didn't get in there quick enough. I was gone. (laughs) It's all right. It's all right, Eric. Gone quick. A lot to get to. A lot to get to, and uh, we've got a lot of fun stuff for the rest of the show. But, Jake, it is the eve. It is all Super Bowl's eve There you tonight. go. All Super Bowl's eve? Yes, as okay. uh, as it is uh, the Super Bowl tomorrow, Chiefs and the Niners. It's a pick em essentially. One and a half, I saw the line. Uh-huh. It's got to for the Chiefs as a favorite. But uh, should, I think we're in a real – or we're in for a real exciting football game. First of all, before we get into it, what kind of Super Bowl watcher are you? Are you the have to watch every second of the game? Are you there kind of for the party with the family? Do you want everyone to shut up around you? Are you like Tony Parks? <laughs> or do you kind of, you know, or do you let your family tell you about their problems and uh, kind of with your eyes on the game? How do you like to watch? Okay, so the Super Bowl parties I've gone to the last few years have been with family, and they're um, what I would describe as passive fans. Okay. So it's an event for them versus an actual um, appointment viewing, I guess yeah. is the way to say it. For me, though, in the industry I work in, well, we're talking about this on Monday morning. Yeah. So I need to watch the game by and large. And I've gotten used to the idea, and it's just how I am. I'll kind of engage with the game, and I'll lock myself in. And it's sometimes in my detriment because I don't hear certain people talking to right. me. Uh, but I've, I've learned I, to zone people out pretty well. But and I don't mean to. I'm just watching the game. I'm trying yeah. to kind of get a feel for the game because I love football in general. You you know this. It's by far my favorite sport. But I am the type of guy who, yeah, I know that people watching the game and at the party with me 
are by no means in the same stratosphere in terms of their interest level in the game itself. I've, in fact, I watch with certain people who the Super Bowl halftime show is why they're there, mainly. Th- that's where the vegetable platter people come <laughs> in. They're, they're, the, 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 the Super Bowl halftime people are, are the vegetable platter but people. I, I've just I've just learned you've got to lock into the game and enjoy it. That's the biggest yeah. thing about it. I, I, I love every part of it. I yeah. love the the food. I love the game, obviously. I love the... Yeah, it's an event. I it's love fun. the commercials. I love the halftime show, no matter who's performing. I love it. You're excited for Shakira? I am. I'm excited for J-Lo and Shakira. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I thought they'd been really good the last few years. And even if they're not good, it's still fun. Yeah. To, like, much like a lot in this world, people have kind of... The best tweet I ever saw was, like, people have forgotten how to have fun. Yeah, that's true. Just in general yeah. in, in this world, it seems mm-hmm. like. And so... You know, the the in vogue thing is to take shots at the Super Bowl the whole game and also and then the halftime show if you're on Twitter, it's man, it is everyone is out for blood if it is not absolute perfection. But um I, I you know, I, I love Justin Timberlakes when he was in Minneapolis and he played the Prince tribute, mm-hmm. you know, and I thought uh there there's just been a there's been a lot of a lot of good ones and I love the game. I just love all of it. And uh, it is as a sporting event goes, it is so much bigger randomly in the world yeah, than is. just sports. Correct. Um, I heard you know Jake Scott was talking about it yesterday. Uh, he has friends who don't even watch sports, and but they you know those people even get down and watch the Super Bowl. Yeah, because they'll still there's always a party, and someone will always go, even if you're just going to make fun of it. Whatever, that's your thing. If you're not into it, um, it's just a fun event. I wish it wasn't on a Sunday because the day after Monday is always hard. Well, that's, that's the funny thing about it. Like for especially a guy like you, like game never ends till like eleven o'clock at night. It seems like so. I've actually been an advocate. I think that the Super Bowl. Why isn't it not on a Saturday night? I no, no, I, Eric. See, I, I would don't ra- start with no. Me I would rather I would rather have the government come in and say no, Monday not, is a national holiday. This is not. That's not ever going to happen though. But. It should. It's so much better than moving the game. It's Super Bowl Sunday. And yet, though, even if it was a national holiday, you know who's still working on Monday? Hey! Uh, yeah, well, well, we're going to work either way. Why well, complain about it? But I'm, if, not, I'm not complaining about it. <laughs> but if it was on a Saturday, I'm with you. I'm one of those Saturday Super Bowl I'd people. I'd put it in Saturday primetime. Yeah. I think it would be murder in the ratings. I think so, too. I am 100% on Saturday Super Bowl. It'll never change. No, it's not going to. The NFL has a stranglehold on one day of the week, Correct. which most, actually, I mean, other than other than the big man upstairs, no one else has a stranglehold on a day of the week. Sorry, is they, that, they, was that they, over no, the top? No, but anyway. No, but, uh, they, they're, and they're starting to put a stranglehold on Thursdays yeah. and Mondays even a little bit. Even the crappy games on Thursdays Correct, that are yeah. never good. There was a couple this past I would argue Thursday night football was by and large pretty good this year. Okay. Well, pretty good. Pretty good by what standard? Pretty by good Thursday by, night by the football Thursday night standards. Night standards. Yeah. It, <laughs> none of the games were blowouts by any means, well, except for maybe the Ravens Jets. All I know is the Vikings nearly lost to the to Washington and uh, on a Thursday. Good point, but I, I the this yeah you're right. The NFL has a stranglehold on Sundays. There's no doubt about that. Uh, to be clear, I was just joking about. The big man upstairs. That's okay. You know, Santa Claus. I think it, I think it fit just fine. No, I okay. think it was fine. All right. But I I look at this game, at least this year's version of the game, this might be the fastest Super Bowl we've seen in some time. Because th- we're talking about a San Francisco 49ers team. And in interest of full disclosure, if you guys don't know, I am a San Francisco 49ers fan. I will put that out there. It's very... You, 
Watch my Twitter feed during a San Francisco 49ers game. It should tell you everything you need. I know, Jake. My problem here is that I think the Chiefs are going to win. But because I am a good friend, unlike everyone else on this station, I want my friends' teams to win. (laughs) Thank you. I know I am one of however many we have here who are voting for the Niners because of you. Well, thank you. Most people are all picking the Chiefs because they don't want you to be happy. But I stand here today as someone who wants – the Niners to win for you, but I think the Chiefs are going to win. Accusatory well, statements that. are being thrown around all willy-nilly. I, I want the Chiefs to win because I believe Patrick Mahomes is my, like, next sports icon hero. Hero. Okay. <laughs> well, he, see, here's the thing about this game is you've got two high-flying offenses that attack the field in different ways. The San Francisco 49ers are totally cool. We'll run it down your throat. We saw it in the NFC Championship game. Is that high-flying? Well, it is when four yards an attempt. I would say no. I when would, you're averaging I, almost ten <laughs> yards an attempt, it's high flying. I would say the 49ers' run game is, is about as high flying as a run game. Yeah, they, they've been awesome on the ground, and you saw that against the Packers. Yeah, so it was ridiculous. But then conversely, the Kansas City Chiefs—they'll attack every inch of that field just with their speed. The thing about this game too is I don't think um, there have been in years past where if you get out to a lead, you think it's over. I don't think it's over. Oh no! Until, this is until it's mathematically impossible for a team yeah. to come back and win, which I mean, is probably when the zeros on the clock. Yeah, I, I would take. I think both teams are going to have a. Um, they're not going to be out of it, and I hope it's a game where we come down to the end, mm-hmm. where we're looking at a single drive to lead it by a touchdown, not like a field goal try to win it, but I hope that it comes down to a touchdown. You're down by five, and a touchdown wins the thing. With a minute twenty on the clock, I think yeah. it's going to be super high scoring. Yeah, I, I kind of get that feeling too. I think it is. I think it's going to be in the 30s for both teams at least. I think it's going to be in 40s. You think it's going to go to the 40s? Yeah. Because I think wow. I, I think the Chiefs are going to force Jimmy G to throw, and I, I think a lot of people think he can't. But he is actually – I interesting stat. He ranks like number one in deep passing statistics in the NFL, even though he only throws the ball deep the 29th most of any NFL quarterback. So he can do it. And I think they're going to really use kind of Tyron Matthew as like a linebacker type more than a safety in this game. Stack the box, force mm-hmm. the 49ers to pass. Yeah. And I, I do think that even in that kind of game, the 49ers have a good shot because I don't think the Chiefs cornerbacks can stop Debo Samuel and Emmanuel Sanders, two receivers who have been excellent after the catch all hey, year. Hey, don't forget about my boy George Kittle. Oh, and George, I, I mean, Come I'd on. be remiss. The tight ends in this game. Alex Crazy. doesn't think George Kittle is very good. There's some I've talent. I've seen his tweets. Travis, Travis Kelsey and George Just Kittle, kidding. man. There's some there's some talent on both sides. Yeah, it should be. It's I a think gr- George Kittle's awesome. Yeah, it's a great tight end battle. It's going to be pretty fun. So I, I. So you're. Uh, how about this? Who's your MVP at the end of this game? My MVP at the end of this yeah. game. Well, who's the Super Bowl? I mean, who's go, who is going to Disneyland or I, Disney well, World? Okay, let's put it this way: if the Kansas City Chiefs win, it's Patrick Mahomes. Okay, I think he's the engine that makes them go. Conversely, though, with the Niners. I could think of two, three, four different guys that it could be if the Niners were to win this game. Uh, It'd be cool to see a guy like Raheem Mostert, just with his story, having played for seven different teams and everything. In like a week. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like he's just – that's a guy – we talked about it before. He's a guy who – that is the definition of perseverance. Correct. Because how many guys in professional sports could have just given up and be like, man, I've been cut from six practice squads. Yeah. Basically, I, I've had enough, but he kept going and he got himself in uh, in a good spot with the Niners. So, yeah. What about you, Eric? Who's your MVP? Do you think I Mahomes? Probably. Tend, yeah, I tend to lean towards the Chiefs uh, winning, so I go Mahomes. But I think there is 
a bizarro world scenario where it's a lower scoring like 24-21 type game where maybe Teron Matthew okay. wins Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. And a, a defensive player. That'd be but I, I don't think that'll happen. Okay. My, my pick would be Patrick Mahomes because okay. my, my when we get to picks, my pick is a fairly high scoring game. That's what I'm looking forward to because I don't want to see a game like last year where it was, what was it, 3-3 going into the fourth quarter or whatever it was. It just it, It's fun in a way. But we have two of the best offenses we've seen in recent history in the NFL going head to head tomorrow. That's exciting. Yeah, and I, I hope it's a good game because it's I, there's nothing I hate more than you know the after a game just complaining about it the whole time. You know, it's, it's a true. Super Bowl. Just yeah. just enjoy it, no matter what the score is. Yeah, it, if it, it's six to three and that's the final, then whatever. It, it yeah, in that regard, yet yeah, you're right. I, I just feel you have like to pretend to be interested in spring ball. That's like <laughs> your, your next thing that you're looking forward to. You have to pretend to care about spring hey, ball. Hey, spring ball's an important time, Adrian. No, it's We're not. We're trying out guys and they're working for jobs. I hate to break it to you, but college spring ball means nothing and it's boring. Yikes. Okay, um, <laughs> do you guys want to make your picks here for the game? Yeah, or should let's we hold do it. off? Okay, no, let's do it. All right, Eric, what's your call for this game tomorrow? Uh, I think off. that the. Chiefs are going to force the 49ers to throw the ball. Okay. I think Jimmy G is going to get it done. I think Jimmy G has over 400 yards passing. Whoa! Yeah, I, 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 but I think he can do it. Conversely, I think the Chiefs will win. I think Patrick Mahomes has over 500 yards passing. I think he breaks the Super Bowl record. I'm going really bold here just because I— uh, You're projecting 1,000 yards plus of This offense. game was so—yeah, this game was so hard for me to pick. I went back and forth all week, okay. and I actually—I don't know why. I woke up—I fell asleep really early during the Jazz game against the Nuggets, and I woke up the next morning at, like, 5 a.m., and I went back and watched, like, the last six Super Bowls for some reason to try and figure out okay. what makes a Super Bowl winner. And I think while defense plays a role in it, certainly if you have— the best quarterback, then most of the time that denotes that you'll win. You can point to Nick Foles as as an example of that. You can okay. point to Tom yeah. Brady versus Seattle as an example of that, even though Malcolm Butler did win it at the goal line. I don't know if the 49ers' defense is generational. A really interesting statistic, um, Patrick Mahomes, when pressured within 2.4 seconds, has a 120 passer rating. Okay. That's insane. That's yeah. like the best passer rating in the league, and that's when he's under pressure really quickly. I think it's going to be crazy high scoring. I'm of the mind that when you don't really know what's going to happen, you pick what you want to have happen. I want 49-45 Chiefs. Okay. Wow. That's uh, awesome. That would be a ton of points. That'd that's a lot of, lot of points, and those who hate defense <laughs> – would be excited yes. about that one. I'm going to go 31-21 Chiefs. Okay. I think it's going to be close at the end. The Chiefs. You just said you were picking the Niners, though, earlier. No, he's, I said I want oh, the Niners, wants the to, Niners win. to win. But in his heart of hearts, we all know that. I he, want the Niners to win because I'm a friend of Jake. I want and, the Niners to win as well. Okay. Yes, exactly. But most people around here, Alex and I excluded, want the Niners to lose. I'm because, Eric. By or the way. Eric, sorry. I keep you, calling you Alex. You made that twice. Yeah, sorry, my bad. <laughs> Eric and I uh, excluded is that. Um, they all want them to lose because of Jake. So okay. I want you to come in Monday with your Niners gear, loud and proud. But I'm going to go Chiefs 31, Niners 31. Okay. Uh, or 21. I'm going to go with uh, – it's going to be close, and the Chiefs are going to put a late touchdown up to put it out of, okay. out of reach. See, I'm I'm going back to my fanboy ways, and I'm picking the Niners. I've got it. I said, actually, if you heard the Jazz fan show, they asked me for my prediction on that. I've got the Niners 37 
and the Chiefs 34. There's nothing wrong with picking your team to win. Yeah, yeah, nothing wrong with that. I mean, if you, I picked the Vikings every single week, and I'm I just, would have gone 10 yeah. and 6 against the spread last year. I'm so. just, I'm just hoping this is just a good game. Yeah, all I the way do around. I hope it's a good one. I hope the commercials are good, mm-hmm. and I hope the super, the halftime show is good. And um, I don't really watch much of the Lombardi stuff, but and and if you are driving tomorrow or you're not by a TV. Tune yes. in yep. here. I will be uh, producing the uh, Super Bowl show, and you can listen on Westwood One, the terrific Kevin Harlan. Yep. Yes, uh, listen in. If you're out and about, that's a great place to listen here on the Zone Sports Network. Eric will be in the house. Alex will not be. Absolutely. But Eric will be. Um, all right, coming up on the other side, it's time for the local look-in. Got a bunch of stories, including some breaking news out of the NBA with mm-hmm. a former local player. Um, also, uh, there's a lot going on today, so we'll get into that. Women's basketball in action today as well. Men's volleyball from last night. A lot going on here, and we'll get into it next here on the Zone Sports Network. Let's go live! We talk jazz, utes, cougars, and aggies, even on the weekend. The weekend! You're locked on to the Saturday show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to Saturday Show here on the Zone Sports Network. Time for the local look-in. Start off with this one, right? We're looking live right now at the Waste Management Open. Tony Finau in action. Co-leader. Co-leader playing very well. That last shot, not so great, but but he's on 18. He's tied with Webb Simpson atop the leaderboard at 16 under par currently. So hopefully he can make a run. You know, I uh, I saw, I went and saw um, Faherty live. Did you go, did you go to that show? Yeah. How was it? Uh, it was actually so awesome. I wanted to go really. Um, it uh, it uh, start it started a little bit. I was like, ooh, this could be interesting, but okay. just because of a couple of jokes he made, but um, that I can't <laughs> say on there. Yeah, cool. but I can't say it on there. But anyway, it turned out to be so good. Okay. He talked about you know growing up and playing golf in. Uh, Ireland as a young man and how you know his career and I didn't know he got run over by a car and it kind of like that's what shattered his arm up and but he told all these amazing Tiger Woods stories from when Tiger first got onto the tour and uh just he was so funny and he's an amazing storyteller and Tony Finau was there okay that night so it was pretty it was pretty cool he came in a little late and then the you know the crowd noticed him and the whole show stopped of course and they, you know, he talked to Tony a little bit. So that part was really cool. And it was a great show. So I highly suggest it if you're a golf fan. Uh, there's some adult language. So well, just be prepared when you go. If anybody knows, if you know David Faraday, come yeah. on. It's, it's how he is. Um, so, yes, uh, Tony Finau doing well on that. A couple news and notes. Jake, uh, former BYU basketball player Eric Minka mm-hmm. has been signed to a 10-day contract by the Sacramento Kings. Congratulations to him. Yeah, he started the season playing for the Stockton Kings in the G League. And then, he, he was on the Kings Summer League roster, correct. and he had a pretty good run there. Yeah, so he started with the Stockton Kings, got an opportunity to go over to China to play in the Chinese Basketball Association. And when the Chinese Basketball Association can pay some good money. So he went over there and actually had a really good run in China, but then they had a bunch of injuries to their wing players, and they are limited in terms of how many um, international players you can have yes. on an individual team. So he was cut loose at that point. Stockton brought him back to the G League. He's been a standout player for them since returning stateside and now getting his chance in the association. 
So, very cool. Very cool story. And I wish him nothing but the best. Uh, a lot of BYU fans were miffed when he left college after his sophomore season to go pro. He's played in Germany and Italy as well in his pro career so far. Cool to see him finally get his chance to play in the association. Um, BYU men's volleyball last night defeated uh, the Gauchos, the, the David Barbara. Jameses, yep. uh, in four sets. Uh, BYU number two in the country, UCSB uh, number three in the country. So, big win at home for BYU. Uh, and women's basketball, Jake, number 10, Oregon State, was mm-hmm. in town to take on Utah this um, afternoon. And uh, they won Oregon State, they won 77-65. Uh, Utah was down big after a 30-11 third quarter, but went on a 16-2 run, cut it down to nine, but eventually lost by 12. But uh, it's tough, top 10 yeah. team in the country. They've mm-hmm. played so many top 10 teams, that uh, women's basketball team, that it's been wild. BYU on the women's side taking on number 12, Gonzaga, today. Yep. on the road, so that should be an interesting That tips one. off here in just moments. We'll yeah. start to tip off at 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock, um, so we'll keep an eye on that one. And, uh, Jake, you know, while we're at it, uh-huh. might as well get into a little bit of uh, soccer talk as uh, RSL. We'll just mix it into this one as well. Yeah, so RSL still continuing with their preseason training. They've been down in the Phoenix area training this week. They're going to return to Harriman here, I think, early next week for before they go back down to Arizona. It's kind of a split training camp for the squad. Uh, there are a lot of rumors out there about RSL, but the biggest news is that they have sold Jefferson Savarino, their star winger. Mm. Uh, the Venezuelan international is headed to Brazil on a $2 million fran- uh, transfer fee from Real Salt Lake. Leaves RSL on paper very thin at forward, but we're going to see if they can maybe scoop up a couple of guys here before the season begins. And then uh, finally, uh, yesterday I attended the opening season opening press conference for the Utah Warriors, the rugby team here in town. Okay, Third let, season. Yeah, we should probably clarify what the Utah Warriors yeah, are. Yeah, they're the rugby team. The league, the the is the... Major League Rugby. Ma- Major League Rugby. I was trying yeah. to remember the acronym. MLR. MLR. They're expanding to 12 teams. Correct. Uh, they play out in Harriman. And I know you've been to some games out there, Jake. Covered it. And uh, yeah. uh, say, hey, another pro sports team has a good product. If you're looking for something to do, it should be a very. It's a great time. They were talking about it, and they they should have a good team again. So. Rugby is a fun sport if you can get into it because it's nonstop action. Yeah, it, it mixes the elements of football that people love with the element of soccer, where it just keeps going. It's, yeah, it's 80 minutes. Or it's two halves of 40 minutes where it's just constant action, constant movement. Um, I would encourage you guys if you want to watch a league that's in its infancy, but has potential to get really big pretty quickly is Major League Rugby. And the Utah Warriors are one of the original franchises that founded this league. The league is actually headquartered here in Salt Lake City. I don't know yeah. how many people know that. It's headquartered mm-hmm. here in Utah. They play out at Zions Bank Stadium out there on the Real Salt Lake Academy campus out there in Harriman. It's a fun product. Uh, they've got a new coach this year. They made a bunch of signings in the off season. So we're about to find out. Yeah, their coach uh, from Australia. Chris Latham. Chris, Chris Latham. And yeah. uh, he's represented Australia 90 times or something like Correct. that. Been a prof- and he, they were talking about how rugby is the second most viewed sport in the world. So It's big internationally, absolutely. So, so It's hard for those to yeah. stick in the United States, it seems, but, you know, I think they're building- the MLS has built its yeah. way into a good product Correct. and uh, ex- ever-expanding, and more and more people are watching that. And they've used the same type of yeah. model here. Yeah. There's so. no reason to think it couldn't. It'll never, you know, it's not going to be the NBA or the NFL, but there's no reason it couldn't expand and get as uh, nice little foothold. Yeah, get a foothold like MLS has yeah. over there. So I enjoy rugby. I think it's a fun sport. A lot of people don't necessarily know what's going on when they first start watching it, but 
it's it's a rough and tumble sport. It combines the physical elements of football, but also it doesn't have the downtime that football has. It combines with soccer, where soccer is always moving action. Yeah. That's the fun part. So, yeah. So, uh, keep an eye out for that if you're interested in going to check out. And I'm very affordable to go see those games. Their first games are going to be in Las Vegas coming up next week and the week after, but then they're back home. Playing Atlanta, I believe. Yes. Down there. So, uh, that's, that's going to do it for the local looking. Coming up on the other side, Jake. Let's let you hear from Chad Lewis. He played for Andy Reid, of course, of BYU fame and Philadelphia Eagles fame. Uh, he played for Andy Reid, got injured before the Super Bowl, and uh, was unable to participate, but made a great run with the Eagles. And uh, he was on with DJ and PK. We'll let you hear that conversation coming up next here on the Saturday Show.